0: Greetings in the name of Jesus. This is Pastor Ernan Pada of the Living Hope Christian Fellowship and thank you for joining us in listening to God's Word. Our key text for today is found in 2nd Peter 1 5 and it is entitled, Add to your faith virtue because the verse goes and beside this giving all diligence Add to your faith virtue. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 1, gives the context or the background for that verse. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that obtained like precious faith with us, through the righteousness of God and Savior Jesus Christ so this verse of today i'll add to your faith virtue is only for you who have obtained like precious faith through the righteousness of god and our savior jesus christ second peter chapter 1 verse 1 meaning it is a portion provision set aside only for those who obtain like precious faith and then in verse 2 Grace and peace be multiplied unto you, to the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So there's gracious provision. Grace and peace is multiplied. And the basis, again, of that provision is to the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Aside from obtaining that faith in Christ, then we have to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it says this grace multiplied only for those who grow in their knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. It is not just knowing about God, not about God, but knowing God in a very personal and experiential way as we stressed last week. So we go on to verse 3. It talks about secured provision. Provision as his divine power hath given. Wow, hallelujah. It is God who is giving this gracious provision. And he had set that basis only through knowing him. And this gracious provision is regarding life, that pertain to life and godliness all things that pertain to life and godliness again is repeated through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue that is why it's very important to know God and how do we know God we get him from nature drinking the beauty and the power of God through nature but more specifically you can get to know him by reading the bible and say, God speak to me through your word. And so we see in verse 3 the divine power that gives this provision according as his divine power has given. Hallelujah. And it's very gracious again that giveth all things that pertain to life and godliness. All things. Very gracious again. It is uh, through faith. The gracious revelation of God, grace and peace, gracious provision, and then all things that pertain to life and godliness. And now it is talking about all things that pertain to life, given unto us, all things that pertain to life and godliness. Again, the basis to the knowledge of him that hath called us. Hallelujah. It's again to the knowledge of Him. That's why we have to learn of Him through the word, the Bible. And what's the purpose, the objective of this provision? He had called us to glory and virtue. Again, in verse 5, that will be expanded. That's why we got to know God. So we will experience as the objective is to glory and virtue. Now to verse 4. How do we get all of this, these wonderful things of God, his great plan, his riches and his glory and virtue? And so in verse 4, the superior provision, exceeding great and precious promises. How do we know God? Through his promises. We know his word are his promises. His promises never fail. The same yesterday, today, and forever. How you know about him is how he dealt with Adam and Eve, how he dealt with Noah, how he dealt with Abraham, how he dealt with Israel. Then we'll get to know how holy and righteous God is. And again, we see here two objectives in his provision so that we will be partakers of the divine nature hallelujah we will not become god but we become partakers of this divine nature why it is we become a new creature if any man be in christ he is a new creature all things are passed away behold all things are become new in galatians 2 20, Be crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And this life, which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loves me and gave himself for me. As we keep on reading God's Word, we partake of the divine nature. Why? The Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. And we are now transformed. By putting our faith in Christ, our bodies become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And not only that, the Holy Spirit resides within us. We are His temple, and the Holy Spirit resides within us. And because we have received Christ as our Lord and Savior, according to verse 4, through getting to know God more, we have escaped the corruption that is this world through lust. First, we are no longer under condemnation. We are now freed from the law of sin and death. And day by day, as we live our Christian life, we are able to experience that victory over Satan. Now, we said in that first verse that we learned that as we come to Christ and we learn Him, it is primarily that we'll grow in virtue. What a wonderful God we have. If we are called to virtue, according to Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5, which is our text for today. And beside this, give all diligence, add to your faith, virtue. And this virtue is a quality of God. So we got two presentations from the Old Testament in the book of Ruth and in Proverbs. In the book of Roth, very ber- briefly, there is a man by the name of Elimelech from Bethlehem, Judah. And uh, they were going to Moab because of the famine that was in Bethlehem, Judah. And uh, his wife was Naomi, and he had two sons, Malon and Chilion. And uh, so when they went over to Moab, the two sons, Malon and Chilion also married their wives. And however, Elimelech died. And they they dwelt there for 10 years. And so later on, Malon and Chilion died also. And so the two daughters were encouraged by Naomi. Just go back to your own people because I'm going back to the to Bethlehem, because there now there is bread. Just a side uh, information, Bethlehem means the house of bread. And he was pleading, just go home, that you might find rest, you'll have your own house and you'll have you'll have your own husbands. And they said to her, we will go with you. We'll go back with you to Bethlehem. And again, Naomi said, Why will you wait until you have two sons and uh, you will marry my sons, but I'm really too old. And I don't have a husband either. You cannot wait for sons. It was the practice that uh, what's if a mother having sons and having daughters-in-law, and especially if the oldest son died, And the younger son is still alive. Then the woman marries that younger brother. Now, Orpha kissed the mother-in-law, Naomi, and just decided to go home. But Ruth, it says in verse 4, Ruth 1, verse 14, he claimed to her. And both of them went to Bethlehem, Judah. Because Ruth really say, your God will be my God. And wherever you die, I will die. And only death will separate us. And she said, no, notice that she had made up her mind. They both together went to Bethlehem. But when they reached Bethlehem, they said, is this not Naomi? In Ruth 1 verse 19, she said, don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara. Means beat he said the Almighty had dealt very bitterly with me and he said I went out full and the Lord had brought me home empty and so at the time when they went back to Bethlehem Judah it was the beginning of barley and there in Bethlehem was a man by the name of Boaz belonging to the same family of Elimelech so she is a sister-in-law and Ruth The daughter-in-law, Naomi, said, I'm going to work in the field. I will glean ears of corn. But there was also wheat and barley there that she could glean. You know what glean is? Not to really harvest, but whatever falls on the ground or left behind after the reapers have gone their harvest, then those who, the gleaners, can pick up also. And this all belonged to Boaz, who belonged to the family of Elimelech. And so one day Boaz came to the field and he said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. What a good boss. Greeted them. And they also replied, The Lord also bless you. Then Boaz, looking over the workers, went to their supervisor of this. Harvester said, Who's that lady there? Who's this damsel? Oh, she said, it is that Moabites woman that came back with Neoma, Neoma after uh, coming from Moab. And so Boaz said, Okay, Ruth, I want you to glean only in this field and stay together with the other maidens who are gleaning. And uh I have been I have instructed that the men will not approach you or touch you. But when you get thirsty, you can drink of the water at the supply there. And there may be the truck or the or cart where they have the water that the men had made available. And uh, Ruth fell, according to Ruth, to verse 10, she fell on her face and bowed to the ground and said, Why have I found grace in thine eyes? That thou shouldest acknowledge me. See, I'm a stranger. And Boaz said, Now I know more. You are a lady. You are a virtuous woman because you are here out working together with the handmaidens and the Lord bless you. And uh, Boaz, according to chapter 2, verse 15, Boaz went to the young Harvesters and said, Do not disturb her. And even as you harvest, do not scald her. But on purpose, leave handfuls of grain so that she can also harvest. So she gleaned and she was very, very happy. And uh, going home, Ruth went home, they were surprised that she had brought a lot. And now Naomi said, With whom did you work? I said, oh, I work with that, in that farm, that field that was owned by Boaz. Oh, Ruth's, no, Naomi said in chapter 2, verse 20, blessed be the Lord, because that man is a relative. And Sarut gave some uh, information how she was treated. It is good, my daughter, replied Naomi, that you went to be with these maidens and will not be going other field and so she keep on going there to really to harvest and then one day in chapter 3 verse 1 Naomi, Naomi her mother-in-law said to her my daughter shall not rest for thee that I may be well now boaz is a relative and as you in the are the winning the barley at night I want you to prepare and you're going to meet him. And then at night when she is ready to go to sleep, lie down close to him and identify yourself to him. We wouldn't do that as our custom and tradition. Anyway, among the Jews, that was their custom. And so when Boris woke up that night, he was surprised according to Ruth chapter 3 verse 8. Uh, he's seeing a, seeing a woman. And Ruth said, I am your handmaid, spread your skirt over my over me, for you are a kinsman. The application here, she's claiming her right to bow us to become the kinsman redeemer. And that is an expression among the Jews. And he did not scold her and said, you are blessed of the Lord. And you are not falling after women. And according to chapter 3, verse 11, And now, my daughter, fear not, I will do to thee all that you require for all the city of my people that know that you are a virtuous woman. Meaning, you did not abandon your mother-in-law. You came with her here back to Bethlehem. You did not just sit down in the house. You came to the field to provide for for you and your mother-in-law. You are a hard-working woman. You are a virtuous woman. And the end of the story is they finally married. Boaz married her, claimed her. And the beautiful story is David came from the line of Ruth and Boaz and Jesus came down from that line. What a wonderful picture of a virtuous woman demonstrated by Ruth. Now, in Proverbs 31, without going to too much detail, Proverbs wrote this last chapter and covering certain fa- uh, description about the virtuous woman. In value, she's far above rubies. And the main element here is her husband safely trusts in her. She will do him you no. Know, no evil all the days of her life. And she works with the clothes. She works with the garden. She works with the field. She goes into business and earns for the family. And uh, she knows how to run a business. And she's very gracious in helping the poor. She's not afraid of uh, hard weather because she's well-provided, working ahead of time, and she even works to beautify the house and even clothes for them as a family. She speaks with wisdom, according to verse 76, and with kindness. And it says in verse 29, Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Verse 30 and 31 Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But the woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. The virtuous woman, not like those in the palaces, all the women just think of getting dressed in expensive clothes, and just like Models going all the way, but may not even know how to cook. Do not want to soil their hands. Their are fingernails are really attended to. All the emphasis is beautifying their hair. I know. You can be beautiful also and be clean, but be um, cl- uh, clean and hardworking. And so we find qualities. Enumerated in Philippians chapter four verses eight and nine father brethren, whatsoever things are true, he talks about this woman of virtue deals with truth, according to romans twelve nine it is love without pretence, without dissimulation in first corinthians second uh, corinthians chapter six. 6 verses 3 to 13 is ministry with individuals and it's not talking about women it talks about the man of god in the life of paul and then whatsoever things are honest according to romans 13, 13 let us walk honestly as in the day and then in second corinthians eight twenty one, providing for honest things like uh, when you go to the store and buy things, you don't try to trick and be dishonest. According to Hebrews thirteen eighteen, in all things willing to live honestly and dealing with brothers and sisters in the way we talk. And First Peter chapter 2, verse 12, having your conversation honest, the way we speak, never mind, According that, whereas they may speak against you as evil doers, but they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. And whatever things are just, in Second Samuel twenty-three, three. He that ruleth over men must be just, fair, and according to eleven, one. A false balance is abomination to the Lord. We must be doing just. According in a parallel, Proverbs sixteen, eleven, a just weight and balance are the Lord's. We live in justice. And whatsoever things are pure, let no man despise the youth, say 1 Timothy 4, 12, but be the example of the believers in word, in conversation, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. 1 Timothy 5, 2, the older women as mothers, the younger women as in purity, Titus two fourteen, purify unto yourself a, pe- a peculiar people, who well, that's what God made out of us. James one twenty seven, a pure religion and undefiled before God, and the father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. See. This is how a Christian should be to show that he is pure. And whatsoever things are lovely, we find out in 1 Corinthians 13. Though I speak with the tongues of men, of angels, I may be very eloquent and very good, but without love, I am nothing. I will just become like a sounding brush. Although I have understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have all faith that I could remove mountains and have not charity or have love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not love, it profits me nothing. So it is very, very important that we live in the life of love, and whatsoever things are of good report, wherefore brethren, look out among you men of honest report that was looking for those in the church who attend to the widows. And in Acts 10, 22, the Cornelius was called also a man who was respected among the Jews because he was a loving and a sincere man. Acts 22, verse 12, And Ananias, a devout man according to law, having a good report of all the Jews who dwelt there, and Colossians 4, 5, walk in wisdom to them that are without redeeming the time. So it talks about walk is a lifestyle. In Hebrews eleven two, for by it the elders obtain a good report. So Philippians passage here, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Why? What do we Think and entertain in our mind is who we are. And it will be manufactured in our lives. Think on those things. But it is not only our thoughts. And he closes. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace will be with you. So, sometimes we learn a lot of things it is in our mind but we don't do them you cannot be a good computer person if all you just listen to the lectures but you don't even touch a computer you cannot be a good mechanic reading all the books about how to repair vehicles but if you don't touch the tools and get a feeling out of it and how to analyze things it's different, you know, and the Christian life too. Jesus said, "You are the light of the world. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works, and glorify your Father who is in heaven." So, as we let God work in our lives, to our the glory and virtue of God will be manifested in our lives. What do we learn? We do them by the grace of God. It is God who works in us both to will and to do of his pleasure. So thank God that the demands and the standards of God are not beyond. Neither do we strive in the flesh, but we yield and surrender to the Spirit. And we fill our hearts with his word and let him shape us polish us, empower us to be that person he wants us to be. And the light will shine through us. You know how light can come out at the time of Gideon and attacking the enemy, they putting the lamp inside the pictures and they surrounded the enemy, the Midianites. And how did they switch on the lights? It was by breaking the earthen vessels, cracking them, and the light shone. If we only let God work in our lives as we allow him to break us, to mold us, to shape us, the light will shine through. God bless you and be filled with the virtue of God. Amen.